0: Welcome, everybody, to the week two edition of the Ride in NFL DFS podcast, the second take. Also, I somehow just rambled on for the last 20 minutes, and it did not save. You know, always an infuriating endeavor to host a podcast. So let's get right into week two. I'm going to go maybe a tad quicker than usual, just because it's the fact that this is the second take, but I will get you all of the right information as always. First up, quarterback, Kyler Murray. Second up, running back. No, just kidding. So Kyler is way underpriced this week. He does face a decent Washington front, but I think the fact that the cornerback matchup for you know DeAndre and Christian Kirk and... Larry Fitzgerald is just, it's fabulous. Um, I think that they can really beat their man in this matchup. It's a good matchup for the wide receivers. Kyler may need to, you know, buy some time with his legs or hope that his line can contain um, Washington's pretty ferocious front. But, I mean, I think we saw last week that Kyler may have taken a huge step forward. Against a very good 49ers defense, 90 rush yards, um, including that touchdown. He looked very spry on the ground, um, scrambling around like a madman. So I really like Kyler this week. I mean, if you want to pay up, obviously Mahomes and and Lamar Jackson are studs. And if you can make the rest of your lineup work, that is a no-brainer. But I also do really like Dak Prescott. I think that's going to be a shootout in Dallas. I'm probably going to have a ton of them in tournaments, but I think so is everybody else. So if that's the case, you're going to have to be a little bit different. I really like Tom Brady this week. I think um, he is going to be able to pick apart uh, this Bucks defense for sure. Uh, excuse me, this Panthers defense for sure. I mean, under Kyler Murray, I don't really see much. Um, I guess you can go to Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's basically weaponless against the Jets. Um, I think maybe people will go back to Mitch Trubisky, but... Let's not get too excited about uh, you know a three touchdown game against the Lions in which most of the production came in the fourth quarter. He he did look not great for the first you know forty minutes of that game. So let's not get too carried away. But those are the guys that I'm considering. Um, probably going to be Kyler and Cash though for sure. At running back, this is going to be the first week that I don't have Christian McCaff- McCaffrey and Cash. I think. I thought it was going to be last week, but I ended up getting on him. Thankfully, it worked out. I just, I mean, if they're only going to target him three or four times a game, he's not worth 10K and I'm not putting him in my in a cash lineup until I see that he's going to get eight targets or he comes down to like 8.5 or 9K because that's just not, he's not going to luck box into two touchdowns every week to hit value. Like imagine if he only had two you if, imagine if he only had one touchdown last week, he would have barely 2X'd salary and that's not good. Um, But I really like Zeke this week. Uh, There's going to be a ton of points scored in this Dallas Falcons game. Zeke's on the field pretty much the entire game. You know, Tony Pollard's really an afterthought. He spelled him a few times, but that was it. He's involved in the passing game. He got a feed me tattoo across his belly button. I mean, just checks every box. uh, Then Derek Henry is the next guy that I'm probably going to try to jam in. Facing the league's worst rushing defense after one week, you know, take that with a grain of salt but um I really think and and, you know the the way that they just feed him the rock he had 30 carries against Denver even though he was only getting three yards a carry or so that's not going to happen against the Jaguars he's going to be ripping off runs I can guarantee it so I really like Derrick Henry at 7-9 um from there you know, James Conner is going to be active, it looks like. So I was going to say go to Benny Snell, but that's probably going to be Knicks because Benny Snell, or excuse me, James Conner had a full practice today. I like going back to the Eckler well. I think in a game against the Chiefs where the Chiefs will be leading, Eckler will see a couple more targets. Um, I like Miles Sanders this week. Obviously, Boston Scott got dinged up. I don't know if he's going to be playing a ton this week. But even still, I think the running backs should be a, a huge part of the Eagles strategy against the Rams. I mean, how do you? You know, combat or negate a ferocious pass rush like the Rams have in Aaron Donald. Um, you, you know, you throw screens and things of that nature. You throw checkdowns. You get the ball out quick. So I think Miles Sanders is going to play a pretty big role in the game plan this week, especially after getting some rest last week. Jonathan Taylor, Lock Button City. I mean, he's going to be behind one of the best offensive lines in the league, facing a defense in Minnesota that is hashtag getting worse, um, you know, rebuilding, just bad. Um, you know, the Packers kind of attacked them through the air last week, but I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get his on the on the ground and through the air. So I really like Taylor this week. I think he's going to be probably the chalkiest running back on the slate. Um, I even like his backfield mate, Naheem Hines. He's probably going to get a ton of targets as well. Probably not for cash, though. Um, Rojo's looking good against Carolina, who just let – The Panthers' running game just destroyed them. So I think, you know, Rojo could definitely see uh, a pretty big fantasy day. Maybe even Lenny Fournette uh, in tournaments. Uh, But that's about where I draw the line at. Running back, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson looked pretty good. I probably won't roster him. I am not interested in Frank Gore this week. I don't care how many carries he gets, you know, against the 49ers. He's probably not going to be like ripping off these massive runs and catching a ton of passes. You know, if he get if he goes for 18 carries for 55 yards and two touchdowns and he smashes value with 18 points because he scored twice, so be it. But I'm not going to uh be a part of it for sure. Um I don't really see many running backs under there, maybe James Robinson in tournaments. But for cash, I'm mostly considering um, I'll say that McCaffrey is still a con- a cash consideration for sure, but Zeke, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, um and Jonathan Taylor are the guys that I'm really looking at hard. At wide receiver, Devontae Adams, another great matchup. The Lions are absolutely abysmal in the back. Um you know, they're also a little bit dinged up. I think if the Packers game plan is to just keep feeding DeVonte Adams, he should have another 30-point game to be honest with you. However, we always talk about how variant the wide receiver position is, and that's completely true. You know, Devontae Adams could get 12 targets this week, and just, you know, because of the nature of how how much variance there is in actually throwing and catching a 20, 30, 40-yard pass, he may only catch five of them for 60 yards or something like that and then, like, just crush your lineup. That's why I kind of tend to, you know, if I had, like, a, a 1v1 decision to make there, I would lean Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott just because most of their touches are handoffs. They're just racking up a ton of yards um, and they get these short passes that are easy to catch that, you know, have a higher rate of higher catch rate. So those guys are definitely going to have a higher floor. But like we saw last week, if everything clicks for Adams, he's just going to absolutely smash and go for 45 points. So a wider range of outcomes for sure um, with Adams, but... If I'm going I'm I'm gonna lean running back for sure um in, in those situations. Not saying I'm definitely rostering Adams. Like if I have the the choice to roster one of those guys in Adams, it's a possibility, but definitely not, you know, choosing to roster a bunch of low volume, low priced running backs in favor of Adams, that's for sure. Thielen's a beast. He's probably going to, you know, just keep getting fed targets like he did last week. Uh, Eight targets, two touchdowns. Um, Pretty good matchup as well for him. Um, Robert Woods, just Rams just manufacturing touches for him, you know, throwing him the jet sweep, um, doing all kinds of misdirection throwback screens for him. They wanted him to get the ball. And if he's going to see all these targets and all these yards every week, the touchdowns will come. I know last year he only scored three touchdowns. Um, you could you could probably say he he with the amount of yards that he uh, racked up last year and just already in week one, you know, you see how they're trying to get him the ball. You probably would expect him to score closer to five or six touchdowns at least. So I think he has a good shot to get in the end zone this week. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys wide receivers are extremely underpriced. Um, I love them in tournaments. You know, Fire Up, Cooper, um, and Michael Gallup. Maybe even CeeDee Lamb and Cash, but I think that might be a little thin. From there, the crowd man, uh, Jamison Crowder. I would absolutely go back to him this week, but he still hasn't practiced this week. It looks kind of iffy for him so probably not um if he gets in a full practice this week and he's off the injury report then absolutely but as of right now a little bit hesitant on him um if Kenny Galladay were to sit again I think I might go to uh to not to Marvin Jones but to Danny Amendola Amendola is that slot type receiver that has those guaranteed receptions when he is on the field you know if he sees seven targets he's probably catching five of them Russell Gage is a maybe for me. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think he's probably going to have up and down weeks and, and, you know, have interchangeable big pass catching weeks with Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley and some of those ancillary pieces. You know, Julio and Calvin will get theirs, but I don't think Russell Gage is going to catch nine passes every week. Preston Williams is interesting because if Devontae Parker plays, that probably kicks uh, Preston Williams into the slot and he avoids Tredavious White, and it's the Jamison Crowder effect. It's why Jamison Crowder absolutely smashes Buffalo every time he plays them, and it's why I was so high on him last week because you're almost forced to target your slot and short receivers, your tight ends against Buffalo, because Tredavious White just absolutely takes away your number one receiver. So I think I like Preston Williams if Devonte Adams or excuse me Devonte Parker plays. You know I think a lot of people will flock to Preston Williams if if Parker's out, but I think that might actually hurt him. Um, in that case, I think I might you know look to Gasicki who will probably be in the slot a lot in tournaments. Um, from there, Deontay Johnson's probably going to be the chalkiest receiver I would think. He gets that Monday night price neglect. Where you know, DraftKings would probably have priced him $800 to $1,000 more expensive if he played on Sunday and the pricing factored in how many targets he got. He got 10 targets against the Giants, so definitely Deontay Johnson is someone who is being highly, highly, heavily considered in cash for me. And then also Paris Campbell and Scotty Miller. Uh, I think you could even play Campbell and Jonathan. Taylor together—that's not a big deal for me. Campbell saw seven intermediate or longer passes last week, uh, and he only saw six in the previous season in seven games. So they are definitely trying to get him the ball and a little bit more downfield. Though he—he's like more of a of an—he ran more intermediate routes uh, in week one which it bodes well. If Godwin is out, I think I really like Scotty Miller against this Bucs team. I mean, Evans in tournaments most likely, but Scotty Miller, very cheap, shifty, going to catch a lot of short passes and and do work with it after the catch. High floor type guy. Allows you to get your expensive running backs in type player. At tight end, Logan Thomas. Eight targets last week. A touchdown. Looked really good. Gets the face this Cardinals team who gives up a ton to the tight end you know Kittle line doesn't look great last week cuz he got hurt but for sure Logan Thomas is a mis- is a mit- a mismatch is a mismatch for this uh, this Cardinals team especially Isaiah Simmons he looked lost as hell everybody was kind of equating or chalking up um, the Cardinals difficulties at tight end To you know they everybody was thinking that they were over because they drafted Isaiah Simmons but he didn't look too great last week so I think Logan Thomas can definitely do some work there Um, I think I'll go back to Hayden Hurst this week Um, probably not in cash because he's a little bit too expensive but I think maybe we can capitalize on some recency bias he disappointed last week I think he has a bounce back week back on the The uh, Chris Herndon train as well, especially if Jamison Crowder sits. I mean, just lock Chris Herndon in for like 10 short targets. He'll probably turn in like an 8 for 30 line or an 8 for 40 line, but that's fine. We'll take 12 points out of a 3K tight end. And then, I mean, defense, I always say like don't let defense dictate the rest of your roster. Just build the roster and see what you have left on D. I think the Jets could absolutely make some noise in the low 2Ks. I think they might even be the minimum. You know, the Niners are without a ton of their weapons. They're traveling across the country. I mean, it's not, and the Jets' defense really got after Josh Allen last week, so I think they could put pressure on a an immobile Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I like the Bucks defense against the Panthers. I just think the Bucks looked pretty good last week, despite, you know, despite the score, they definitely played pretty well. Um, I really like the Rams. You know, that Eagles line is absolutely abysmal. Blaine Johnson is back, most likely. But that's not going to stop Aaron Donald from just wreaking havoc in the backfield. I like them as well. Um, I like the Steelers and Ravens, too. I mean, the Steelers getting to face... The the Broncos and Drew Locke, um, potentially without Cortland Sutton, but you know, the Broncos offense just looked not great. Um, so I think and the Steelers had the highest pressure rate in the league, so they're gonna be getting after Drew Locke and probably forcing him into some turnovers. They're expensive, so they're probably a GPP defense. And then I also like the Ravens to to turn over Deshaun Watson a bunch. You know, I think the Ravens get out to a lead and we all know Deshaun Watson. Can get a little um, loose with the football for sure, uh, so they would be that would be like my my core of, of defenses that I'm going to rotate through tournaments. I don't know who I'm going to play in cash. I'll probably just you know create my cash lineup and then whichever of those is left salary wise, that's who I will slot in. Um, last week with the Redskins, that was huge, allowing us to get up to a lot of different studs the rest of the way, and then they. Put up 15 points, sacked Wednesday eight times. Pretty awesome. Let me tell you about this though, before I get into the Thursday night showdown. Thrive Fantasy is a prop betting website that you can get a $20 straight to your account deposit bonus if you use the pro- promo code PAP. Um, so it's a prop betting daily fantasy site. So you go there, there's no salaries, it just says, You know, there's just like a list of 10 questions. Over or under 280 passing yards for Dak Prescott. Over or under 1.5 touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott. Over or under 1.5 touchdowns for Derrick Henry. And you just pick over or under on all these props and you play other people in a tournament, in a contest, by just picking props. I'm actually starting to really, really like that format. Get over there to thrive. Put in Pat when you sign up. We'll both get a little juice, we'll both get a little sugar, and everybody will be happy. All right, let's get into the Thursday night game. Bengals, Browns, couldn't be less excited about it. But we'll talk about it because, you know, money's money. Whether you win $100,000 or a $1 million in a showdown contest of the Browns and the Bengals, or the Chiefs and the Patriots, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's all the same. So tonight, I think it's going to be interesting. I think the winner is going, you know, the, the winning lineup, the optimal lineup is probably going to contain the cheap piece of the Browns that hits. And now that could be backup tight end Harrison Bryant. It could be Kadaral Hodge, who ran as the third receiver. I think those two guys are going to be in a ton of my lineups this week because they're super, super cheap. And without, you know, David Njoku is out. Um, and I think between Odell and Landry, we're not going to be able, there's going to be a third piece that gets involved. Um, obviously, I like Kareem Hunt. I think that he makes for a solid captain tonight. Uh, you know, if he catches, if he can fall into the end zone once or twice, he'll he will absolutely be the captain because you know he's going to have yards and receptions. Um, but depending on game script, I really don't think that, you know, maybe A.J. Green, I don't know if a lot of people are going to put A.J. Green into the captain because of his injury history, you know, kind of unknowns, but he was fed the ball last week. And I think that it's, uh, you know, a pretty good spot for him. I like him as the captain. But remember, guys, we on DraftKings, I tend to lean running back or pass catcher captains just because if 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 an offense goes off, the odds are that one of the wide receivers will score more than than the quarterback and you know usually a lot of the times they're even priced cheaper than those quarterbacks that they're outscoring so just keep that in mind but you know the the usuals are in play the defenses and kickers are in play probably only use at most two but preferably only one if you're building lineups Um, and then correlate you know around your captain if you if you go mixing as your captain it probably means the Bengals had a a really good day uh, defensively as well so get them in there um it probably means that Baker's throwing a ton in in the second half so maybe you get in Jarvis Landry and Kaderil Hodge or something like that Um, but the pieces for John Ross you know I'm just rambling right now I'm just throwing out names and seeing what what sticks but John Ross played a ton of snaps last week. He actually played ahead of Tyler Boyd a little bit. So I think he is an interesting play as well. C.J. Ozamu's on the field a ton. So, you know, we're just rotating these guys through lineups. Picking a captain, picking your favorite captain, the guy that you think has the best value, and then trying to make correlated lineups around them. But I do think, I mean, I like John Ross. I like the Bengals receivers this week. And I like getting Kadarill Hodge or Harrison Bryant in a few lineups as complete like four hundred dollar dart punts. Um, let, let your the rest of your lineup look awesome, and then if they can catch a couple balls, then you are, you know, on your way to a big payday. All right, that'll do it for this week's Thursday rundown of the week two NFL DFS slate. Make sure you join Thrive Fantasy. Uh, with the promo code pat you could also join fantasypoints.com with the promo code pat james 10 to get my full showdown write-ups uh, and i will be back on saturday with the core four my updated thoughts and my sunday night showdown rundown all right i'll see you guys good luck in week two you are listening to the riding NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James.